In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution on a 4th of July Wednesday here in Frisco, Texas where Atlanta United gave up two goals in the final five minutes to fall 3-2 to two to FC Dallas. As I look out the window and see an ocean of red taillights, Jason and I have all the time in the world to talk. Jason of 92.9 FM and SoccerDownHere.com, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm tired. I have a bit of a headache. It was a, a knife fight to get the broadcast out tonight. We uh, did not have stable internet. It kept dropping, so uh, luckily there's no picture of this, but I had a headset on that looked like a normal radio headset that you've seen, but I also had my phone up under my right ear and was talking into it as well, and Orrin Remain, the producer back at the studio, did amazing work mixing back and forth when the internet would drop and have to p- punch the phone up, but uh, it was it was an experience. All right, let's do some housekeeping here super fast. Uh, Dallas took a 1-0 lead in the 22nd minute off a free kick by Ziegler. Atlanta United came back off a goal uh, from Joseph Martinez off some nice after some nice work by Viaba to beat Figueroa. Or fi- fig- fig- I can't even pronounce the name. Figueroa? Yeah, I can't talk tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> in the 41st minute, Martinez scored again for his lead-leading 17th goal in the 73rd minute. Off assists from Almiron and Gressel. And then uh, Atlanta United looked okay. What? Th- this is interesting to me. Martino made a substitution, took Viaba out, who had a muscle cramp, and put in Kratz, switched Almiron to the left, Barco to the right, immediately paid dividends. Mm-hmm. Almiron put through Martinez for his goal. Brilliant. Then he Brilliant made move. I really liked it. another substitution, took out Barco, put in Miles Robinson, and things kind of went bad. I'm not saying this is all Robinson's fault. No. However, on the game tying goal, Atlanta United's defense kind of was playing a little bit of a high line. Uh, a pass came to Hollingshead. Parkhurst had Hollingshead covered. Robinson came over to close him down and forgot about Akindeli coming up the left side. It was to Aruti. It was, it was Aruti who slipped it through uh, Hollings had had the first pass. Oh, uh, was it a Rudy? Yeah. Okay, I need to go back and change my story. Then. Yeah. Uh, to a Rudy who did a kind of a nice back heel kind yeah. of flip into space. Akadeli ran onto it. There was no one left to cover him. No. Uh, Gonzalez Perez tried to get back. Robinson tried to get back. Ambrose tried to get back, and then he hit the shot and beat Guzan to the near post. Guzan was beaten twice to the near post tonight. Once on the free kick, once on that goal, and then the final goal came off a corner kick. Uh, the ball kind of skipped off a of Dallas player's head at the near post, kind of surprised Parkhurst at the back post. He couldn't react in time to clear it. It surprised Robinson, who tried to spin around and clear it, but by then Akindeli was on top of it, got it underneath Guzan, into the goal, 3-2 Dallas. 
Yeah, um, the reason for the sub, or at least the way I saw it, was this. Dallas at that stage had went to a 4-2-4. It was Grueso and it was Acosta sitting in the middle in front of the back four, and it was a line of four up top with Barrios on the right, with Uruti and Lama up top, and with Akindeli on the left side. And Oscar Pereja, the play, like I think right before Robinson was summoned, Pereja spoke to Barrios and to uh, Reggie Cannon about attacking down the wing. It was obvious at that stage Dallas's game plan, since they don't have a number 10 right now, and they didn't have a 10 on the field, was to get the ball wide and put in crosses. So four, a line of four in the attack against a back line of four, no manager's going to stick with that. You're going to want to get numerical superiority. It didn't work. It's the uh, same subs that we saw in Columbus at the end to see that one out with a two-goal lead, with a, a bigger cushion. But it didn't work. I don't have a problem with the sub and the tactical change. The execution wasn't there. And the play that was the tying goal, Parkhurst and Robinson both stepped to the same ball, and you can't do that. You can't do that. And they, when they both go there, like you said, when Aruti makes the nice play through, there's nobody back to cover. The corner, it's a flick on from Lama, and Parker's put it the one place you can. And like you said, I mean, it, it caught him by surprise. Nobody could react quick enough after the poor clearance, which was put right back in the middle, and, and Akindeli is on top of it. It's, it's kind of a fluky thing. I don't think Atlanta was the better team tonight. I don't think they deserve three points. Don't think they deserve to go home with nothing either. It kind of felt like a draw type of game, but you have to see it out. And Atlanta did not get it done in the end. Yeah, so, so we're clear. I'm not saying that uh, yeah, yeah. Robinson shouldn't have been on the field. I thought no, it was a smart. A lot of people are, and I, I wanted to make no, that that's, real clear that's not about right. that. No. The numerical superiority thing is is this. I mean, it's it's such a critical part of the way you make your substitutions. I think sometimes because of the way the game's been played in the past and maybe the experiences like that, that we've all had playing, you don't want to change your back line, obviously. You don't want to make changes there. But when the opposition goes to that formation and playing the way they did, you had to get somebody else in the middle to help. I don't want two-on-two, Roland Lamont, Maxi Aruti against Michael Parkhurst and Leandro Gonzalez-Perez. I don't like my odds there. I want one more person there to increase my odds. Yeah, I, I do uh, want to go back and see how far up the field Escobar was yeah. on that play, too, because technically he's the right fullback. Robinson is supposed to be the third center back. Now, if Escobar does go up the field, Robinson should take over the right fullback role, which would be picking up Akindeli. Slide out wide, yeah. yeah. I, I um, think Escobar was up trying to close down Hollingshead. He was the left back, and that would make sense. Right. So if that's the case, yeah. It's, it's one of two things, and, and we don't know because we weren't down there didn't hear it. Either Parkhurst called it, spoke, Robinson didn't hear him, didn't respond, steps there, or there was no communication. Something went wrong in that situation. Two guys go for the same ball. Yeah. Anyway, so they fall 3-2. Um, the Let's go back to the first half because I don't think I've seen a sloppier passing performance for a 30-minute stretch than I saw from Atlanta United in the first half of this game. It was rough. Um, they just could not 
complete a pass. Dallas kept jumping into the passing lanes to use basketball lingo. Uh, and really, between doing that and the the pressure that they put on Atlanta United, Atlanta United, once again, just did not look comfortable, particularly comfortable, dealing with it. It reminded me, and I wrote, it reminded me of the Chicago game at Chicago. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of the game at Minnesota. It reminded me a little bit of the NYCFC game, but that pitch is so small, it's that always an outlier. Yeah. Yeah, the Chicago uh, game's a good shout. Uh, it did have some elements of that. And Atlanta United just did not look comfortable dealing with it. Uh, and then they kind of grew into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if – I don't know if I would say they didn't deserve to win because they did take advantage of their scoring chances. Um, but I know they're going to regret those final five minutes yeah. as they rack up their second road loss this season, their second road loss in Texas this season. Uh, they don't have to come back here for the rest of the year, uh, <laughs> unless it's MLS Cup. Um, so just you know, it was just a weird night. Um, the important thing for Atlanta United is they play again on Saturday at Philadelphia. Uh, Mikey Ambrose, Julian Gressel, and Martino said that's now very important. Yeah. They got to get this out. They got to flush this uh, as quickly as possible. And the best way to do that is to go get a win and get the three points. Yeah, I mean, one thing about coming here to Dallas is they haven't lost here in 16 matches. They're a good side. They impressed me tonight in that they they followed their motto and found a way. That, that's what Oscar Perez always preached, busca la forma. It's, it's all over the place here about it. it's It's find the way. And without Mauro Diaz, I didn't know if they had a way. I honestly didn't think they were going to come back in this, and I thought this was going to be a night where it really shows that you don't have your playmaker and you don't have a replacement for him. And until you get a miscommunication and a sloppy clearance on a set piece, they didn't have a way. So when when you really want to get into it, I know it feels like points lost, and it is. Kind of fluky in some ways. It's kind of a weird ending to this. Yeah, I mean, you've got to think that Guzan, seven times out of ten, saves that free kick. And you got to think that five times out of ten, he saves that second goal. Yeah, definitely lower odds because it's a 1v1. Um, the free kick, I, I really... And I only, I only say five times out of ten because of the angle of the shot sure. coming at his near post. Yeah. Um, off of, uh, was it left-footed or right-footed? Uh, right-footed, I believe. Yeah. Um, but he got his hands on it. It just got underneath him. Yeah. yeah. Or his arms on it, I should say. That's a tough one because, I mean, it's 1v1 and, and Gazan's trying to get out to close the angle. And he's a right footer, so he can open up and go to the opposite yeah. corner, too. Yeah, so that one's tough. The free kick, I honestly need to, to see again a couple times to see kind of how it broke down. It looked like it was really well taken, bending around. It looked a little bit lower than I thought it was from the last replay I saw. So I wonder if it was either miscommunication or the wall not placed properly. I'm not 100% sure how that got around. Yeah, it, it was just a, a weird thing. Um, it was one of those nights. It happens. I, I, like, I like that Atlanta United found two goals for Joseph Martinez. I loved the Tito Villalba. Um, Second assist in as many games? Yeah, just smoking minor Figueroa. And that was a matchup that I, I'd hoped to see tonight, and it, it paid off. Uh, I really, really liked the, the the moving players around with the Kratz substitution instead of 
just doing the simple thing, which is what we expected, Gressel goes to the right wing for Tito, and Kratz plays as the eight. Moving Almarone out to the left and moving Barco over to the right opened things up because Dallas couldn't find Almarone at that point. Right. And he found the they, nice They did a pocket. good job of kind of taking him out of the game in the first half. Yeah, Oyoa and Gureso. I mean, Gureso is one of the few holding midfielders in this league who can run with Miguel. And, and not quite the same speed, but close enough to be able to make things difficult for him. And it was a... Uh, it was a good defensive effort from Dallas, but that sub freed Miguel up, and he had an opportunity to slip a perfect ball into Martinez. You may hear fireworks in the background. We're okay. As we talk here. Yeah, it's not gunshots or anything. <laughs> We're all good. Is that just looking at the traffic, trying to figure out if I'll ever be able to get back to my hotel room tonight? No, probably uh, not. But I can't stay here, so that's going to be one of those things. <laughs> uh, there's really nowhere to go. Um, so I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do. Other than I guess I'll just sit here and write for a little while. Um, let's see, in other MLS action tonight, uh, Toronto uh, goes to Minnesota and falls 4-3. to three. They are done. They, uh, they are done for the season. There is no bouncing back. And the four goals they gave up, you watch it, very little pressure. Yeah. Uh, just, again, just kind of jogging around the field. Yeah, something really feels off about this group. And... Look, it's hard to repeat. You factor in. I mean, I think people have blamed CONCACAF. You have to go for CONCACAF at that stage. I mean, and you came as close as you can possibly come to winning the thing without winning it with all of the injuries they had. You're so far past CONCACAF right now, it's not affecting that. Something's not right. Either it's still missing Drew Moore, missing Josie out the door. Those guys have still been missing. Missing Victor Vasquez. Yeah, and Victor Vasquez wasn't even right in CONCACAF. And, and I think he was such an underrated part of how good they were last year. I mean, Victor Vasquez was a player coming up through Barcelona who was in the same conversation as Lionel Messi, Fabregas. That whole crew, Vasquez was part of it until he had a debilitating injury. And he's had back problems all season. That's been a huge miss for them. And Giovinco hasn't really been Giovinco, and there is an issue with Giovinco wanting a new contract. Maybe that's a bit of a distraction, but I, I, I kind of think you're right. I think Toronto might be too far gone at this point, not even so much because of dropping points, but the way they're dropping points. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to handle even D.C. United if, if D.C. United can get on a run at home. Because they have 15 home games left. Right. And 4-3, it wasn't really that close. It was 4-1. Right. Uh, one, And they scored a couple of goals late. That just didn't really matter at that point. But uh, Quintero's goals from Minnesota are fantastic. I haven't seen them yet. Oh, they, they are fantastic. Uh, they get better as you go. Uh, the first one, I think, actually went off the hill of a Toronto player. Um, but I have to go back and look at it again. And my favorite player, of course... Didn't really shine on three of the goals for Toronto. That's the only reason you wanted to bring it up, wasn't uh, it? No. Uh, Seattle. <laughs> Seattle and Colorado played, and I thought this score might actually be negative goals yeah, based upon was. those two teams, but Seattle ended up winning. Oh, so Colorado's Colorado three-game winning streak, a three-game unbeaten streak, comes to a halt. <laughs> yeah, three games unbeaten, and uh, it was awful. Sporting KC was losing 3-1 to one at halftime. 3-1, 60th minute as, as we speak. As they start to implode a little bit in their past couple of games. Yeah, and the Galaxy are up 2-1 on D.C. at halftime as we speak. So that's kind of your 4th of July action. Uh, who do you got in the World Cup games upcoming? 
Man, uh, I really like Uruguay. I think they get through France. Um, I think Belgium gets through Brazil. And, and I'm somebody who has not believed in Belgium for the last four years. They finally showed they can get punched in the mouth and, and fight back. I was really impressed. Uh, Croatia should get through Russia um, unless the Russians don't get tired again because they've had that tendency to do in this tournament. I don't know why. I'm just taking a wild guess. It could have something to do with their Olympic program. And what's the other one I'm missing? Um, England. England and Sweden. I worry about how much England's got left in the tank. That was a pretty emotional match, and getting through on penalties with Colombia took a lot out of them. Sweden didn't have quite as much to do against Switzerland. I think England is the better team, but I think Sweden is the type of team that can just defend, 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 frustrate you, get you gassed, and then beat you on a set piece. I I want England to win that because they have a much stronger commitment to playing good soccer. And in a tournament like this where I'm, I'm a neutral, I don't have anybody in it, I want to see teams that play interesting, good soccer, and I want to see England get through Sweden because Sweden bores me. I'm going to go opposite, I think, on every game. <laughs> I think England is going to beat Sweden. I hope so. I think, I think, actually, I, I think they do. I'm worried about them. Okay. But I, th- I think they do. I think England takes out Sweden. I think uh, Roberto Martinez is going to do just a bad enough job as he's done at oh, pretty much every club. I forgot. He manages. If there's, if there's anybody you like less than Michael Bradley, it's Roberto Martinez. Got, he can't make the same mistakes he made against Brazil <laughs> that he made against Japan with his lineup choices and tactics. Agreed. Uh, and you, Brazil will punish him in such a way that they cannot come back. Agreed. Um, I think France beats Uruguay. I would love to see Uruguay win. That might be the game of the tournament. I would love to see Diego Godin, if he can be had for $25 million, which is what I saw, go to Liverpool. Ah. Uh, that would be just a fantastic signing for Liverpool. That would be. Um, but I, I think that France takes out Uruguay, and who have I forgotten? Uh, Croatia, Russia. Uh, I think Croatia takes out Russia. Yeah, I think they should. Uh, and I think it sets up for fantastic semifinal matchups, each of those. Yeah, uh, I, I think this tournament's been a blast. Um, I think if you're a neutral, you've had a lot of joy in this tournament. Lots of different teams showing up, lots of different results. Uh, Japan was wonderful to watch um, in their round of 16 match. Peru was wonderful to watch in, in their first round matches. Uh, lots of good soccer on display, lots of open soccer. And I, I think there still isn't a clear favorite in this tournament. Even right. with some of the heavyweights that are still left in a France, in a Brazil, I don't think there is a clear odds-on favorite right now. And last question, since we still got lots of time. Yeah. No one's going anywhere. Uh, somebody asked this on Twitter. Is this the worst loss in Atlanta United short history? Uh, no. Um, I felt a whole lot worse after the second loss at RFK because it was just such a bad flat performance um, I get I get more on that side of it I don't think this was nearly as bad of like that type of performance I mean that was just awful mm-hmm. I think this season the Houston loss is much worse than this because it was just bad this kind of fluky to be to be honest for me uh, I, I think people are trying to find things in it a little bit too much if, if they think it's the worst loss in club history. It's kind of fluky. It's a free kick. 
it's a bad clearance and it's a miscommunication is, is the goals you gave up. And you scored two very nice goals. Yeah, I'm going to reserve judgment. I don't think it's going to be the worst performance. But if they go to Philadelphia and lay an egg and then drop all six points from this road trip, then I would probably say it's among the worst losses only because of the impact, not the actual performance. Yeah, that's a different topic. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the Houston loss was the flattest I've ever seen the team. And again, I think that's just a case of Martino overthought personnel uh, on that one with the loss of Barco and Carmona. Um and, and Parkhurst not starting. That I even look at that yeah, as that a bigger was, issue. With I think that's probably the biggest mistake Martino made in that game. Parkhurst not starting because he was coming back to fitness, and Lorenowitz moving from the six to the center back. And McCann and Russell paired up in the middle. Yeah, it just didn't work. Um, the the second loss to DC that was next to Houston, probably the second worst performance yeah. I've seen. That was that was the back. worst one I, that immediately pops to mind for me. Um. But anyway, so there you go. We'll just have to see what happens on Saturday at Philadelphia. Um, I have posted the game story with quotes. I'll post the player ratings at some point. Uh, and I'll probably have a follow. I'm not sure what yet because I've still got to write for Saturday. And this is first world problems, but I won't be with the team on Friday. They're training in Philadelphia. I'll be in Philadelphia, but I won't be with the team, so i got to figure some things out. What do you have coming up? Uh, we've got an overreaction Thursday tomorrow at soccer down here. Oh, I'm sure that's going to be fun. <laughs> I can't wait. Just judging from Twitter tonight. Uh, 9 p.m. i got to remember what time zone. 9 p.m. to 11 – or 9, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. tomorrow. Blogtalkradio.com slash soccer down here. Uh, we've got Tony Annan joining us at 10 o'clock. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, talking about the upcoming Academy playoffs uh, that start Sunday. Sunday is the semifinal in Kansas City. And he also will coach the uh, MLS homegrowns yes. during All-Star Week. Uh, so that's a nice little feather in Tony's cap when he deserves uh, for the training and, and the education and coaching that he's gone through. One of just a handful of guys mm-hmm. uh, to graduate from the program uh, in France. And now i got to uh, talk on the radio. Yeah, so that's <laughs> cool. But all right, Jason, we'll talk to you later. And none of the cars are moving on the interstate still. So I'm going to wrap up this Southern Fried Soccer podcast at Lane United Falls to Dallas 3-2. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.